Um, I understand why people love those games, but for me, the games that I, I am passionate about are the ones where you get to see humanity bring as many tools to the table as they got, mm. right? Where you're like, this, this person over here thinks about this game in this completely different way than this person over here. And what we're about to do is see these two worldviews and perspectives and histories fight a first to three or first to two or whatever. And whoever wins, like, that is some kind of validation. It's whatever you want to take out of it, right? Um, that shit is amazing to me. All right, welcome to the Tuesday show. Hopefully everything is going fine. My name is Ultra David. There's no James here, as you can see. And so instead, we have only Tubbleware. Only. What a shame. That's all you got. Yeah, we really actually don't know why listen, James is here. Listen, matter of fact, that punk should be glad he's not here because he posted a video today on our YouTube that is like the complete antithesis of what I said on my last video. Yeah. And I had no idea that was coming, so... Yeah, that's right, James Chen. I know you're avoiding me. I yeah, know. James actually started out that video on our YouTube by saying, first off, Tubbleware, what an idiot. <laughs> big old doofus. Yeah, what a dumbo. <laughs> All right, here's what we're going to be talking about. Again, we are not sure why James isn't here, but he's not. So I hope he enjoys whatever he's doing. We're going to talk a little bit more about Evo. A little bit more news came out since the last show. We're going to talk about a new fighting game roundtable and what we were hoping to see from that. We have an interview with Patrick Miller. We have five five matchups, and then we're going to have, as always, our mailbag. But let's begin by talking about, come on, David, the Evo 2022 additional info. Do it. Yes. Sweet. However, we do not have access to the timer. so We're just going to guesstimate tonight. Yeah, we're just going to talk and see how it goes. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) Hopefully everything goes fine. Uh, yeah, of course, this first topic will last for three hours. Yes. Here's the news. Here's our TED Talk. Here's the news. Last week, of course, Evo announced its games lineup. It announced a whole bunch of stuff about itself. We had a whole show about the Evo lineup, and we talked about it afterward. Last, uh, after that, a couple more things were announced. So one of the things that was announced was that it is now open for applications for volunteers and for commentators, for vendor booths, and the Artist Alley. There's a link at evo.gg events where you can do all that. You can get involved if you are interested. There's also a little bit more info about the seating arrangements from Rick the Hado, who, of course, is working with Evo these days, um, who says, uh, this didn't call out, get called out in the show, But the Evo 2022 Arena Finals feature general admission throughout this year. Sit with all the different groups of friends you've made during your time in the FGC, not just the person who bought an assigned seat next to you. So a couple of bits of news about Evo. Uh, Let's start by talking about this stuff from the angle of sort of how you think the games announcements from last week went. We talked about it on the show live, but, you know, we've all had about a week to digest. How do you feel about you know, the nine games. Uh, well, before I get started on that, let's not forget to uh, kind of go over what you should expect as a volunteer. 
because uh, Shiggity Shake in the chat asked us to talk about that. So we can definitely talk about that. But how I felt about last week, um, that's what I say I told you also when I said Marvel would not happen. Uh, I feel bad for everybody that got, you know, high on hopium for that, but it was that was a, a pie in the sky dream is never going to happen. Did anybody really uh, think that was going to happen, or was it like James, James and two other people? James, Ch- no, no, like my my feed was filled with people who thought Marvel was getting it. Really? Yeah, I, I no joke. I probably saw at least twenty predictions that thought Marvel three was getting it. And if that's in my limited scope of people that I saw like retweeting, they a lot of people really thought it was going to make it. I guess just based on you know the online tournament numbers, they they've been solid for a year and a half, two years now. So okay, it's the game. You know, it it was making a resurgence. But anyways. I, I I am glad that I didn't suck on the hopium. I'm glad that I, I stayed logical. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way this happens. Um, but as far as like the nine games go, a good expected list for the most part. Mortal Kombat surprised me. That was really fantastic. Uh, Grand Blue, I didn't think would make it. So that was cool. Uh, they got the short end of the stick for sure with COVID. And then Skullgirls finally making it as Smash doesn't get put on the <laughs> roster was pretty poetic uh that was that was awesome so yeah i i thought i thought the the presentation was great too so much better than what they used to do uh which was basically just mr wizard and and whoever joined him on the show saying the first game is this and then they would joke around for 10 minutes and then the next game is this and it was you know it felt very very informal this felt like something like it, f- it felt like we've matured, you know. It felt like like we we were more esports now, for lack of a better term, uh, and and trying to appeal to more than just like the 400 people you talk to in you know whatever chat room you were using at the time in 2008, you know. So uh, I I really enjoyed it. Just to reiterate, so the games list is Street Fighter Five, Guilty Gear Strive, Mortal Kombat 11, Tekken 7, King of Fighters 15, Melty Blood, Dragon Ball Fighters, Grand Blue, and Skullgirls. Yeah, I agree with all the things that you said about the games list and in seeing other people react to it as well. I think that it seemed like most people had the same kind of feelings that like this is a list that makes sense, you know? Yeah, it just made the most sense. Knowing that Smash wasn't going to be there, which they had announced previously. Um, yeah, I think that this this games list makes a lot of sense and it bears a lot of similarities to what I saw a lot of people predicting, including us. All of us guessed seven of the nine or eight of the nine. Right. So like we were all almost there and a lot of people yeah. I saw online were almost there, too. So, yeah, I, I think it's as a game lineup, I think it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, the more that I had to the more time I had to sort of digest about uh, it and think about how the show actually went. Um, I super agree that I'm happy that it wasn't just uh, Mr. Wizard uh, <laughs> taking pleasure in like making people's <laughs> scenes like really anxious for a uh. while. Uh, that was just not great. Not great. Evo 2018 reveal was the worst thing ever. The worst. Let's I'm, put a Marvel hat on a table and then take it down and announce later that Marvel has no scene. So we didn't put it in. That's why. Which was a complete made-up thing. That really that sucked. Cool. Yeah, I'm st- I will forever be mad about it. Markman is my boy. And I'm still mad at Markman about like letting that happen. <laughs> So I'm glad it wasn't like that. But I also really liked how community first it was, how community focused it was. 
in the sense that each time they announced a game, it, w- it was announced by people who were known in those communities, like by their commentators or hosts or whatever, by people yeah, who were like endemic in those scenes, who have a lot of history in those scenes. Enough that like when we saw them show up, like we knew what game was being announced in almost all the cases, right? Like it's, they picked really good people for those roles. Uh, they didn't pick people who were like, well, this, this could mean that it's like any of Street Fighter or Mortal or Gear right. or whatever, like you knew. Uh, which I thought was really, really well done. And some of the announcements were community-focused, too, just in, in, in the sense that, you know, the, the, the water announcement was like, okay, <laughs> we know that in the past this was a problem. Okay, here yeah. you go. Like, that was, that was something. Uh, the, the arcade caps that they're going to have, the fact that they kept talking about the casuals area being bigger than all of Combo Breaker... Like those are those are player first, community first type of decisions, and mm-hmm. I think that it shows a really good mindset, and I think it I think it really like portends well for the event for the event itself. I, I'm I am more I excited about Evo than I was before. I mean, I've been going to Evo for a long time, and we talked about this before or maybe during last week's show. But, you know, it got to a place where it didn't feel like an event that was uh, what I wanted anymore. And I, and I went and I liked watching the, the players. Like the players were the, that is to say, like the top eights, you know, the, the top players. That was like why I was interested in Evo still. But it wasn't, it wasn't player focused as much anymore. And it felt very impersonal to me. And, and I didn't get the sense of, of like a community really anymore. And nope. And that, and I'm hopeful that I will feel that way now. Um, so I, I think that, that that show did a lot to like make me think that. Also, just like the people who I know are involved are people who I know right. to be community folks. So that's great. But seeing some actual like action on that is also really positive. So I'm I'm definitely happy about that. Um, and and as far as the community side of this, again, I'll talk about volunteers and commentators so somebody had previously asked uh on in the chat here what what is a volunteer can you talk about that um yeah i mean to be fair i've never actually volunteered to run stuff at evo but i'm highly involved in you know frosty faustings and and combo breaker and many tournaments over the years uh but usually usually what that looks like at least nowadays is uh you'll be i can't speak for evo because i don't know but i know the last evo those in person and combo breaker and CEO and frosties all pay their volunteers, usually like 15, 20 bucks per hour um, or per bracket. They run, I should say, uh, and you usually get like a t-shirt or something that signifies that you're a, a volunteer. Um, sometimes they'll give you like free lunch or whatever as well, but generally you'll, you'll sign up to be a volunteer. You'll show up at the event. Uh, they'll have like a quick training session the night before. So like Thursday night, most likely, uh, just to go over everything, have all the volunteers check in, make sure they have all the, the pools in the morning covered. Um, and they'll go over, you know, how to run the bracket for people that have never done it before. There'll be somebody like uh, Nothing XS or, or Rachel or, or somebody like that, maybe um, Curly W, uh, showing you how to actually run a bracket. Experts who have been doing this stuff since the dawn of time. Um, so they make it very, very easy for, for newcomers to, to help out. You don't have to have any experience um yeah that's 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 pretty much it you show up you you run your pools and you have a good time at evo uh yeah i mean look it is a little different in terms of the ownership structure now than it obviously it's been in the past owned by uh sony and whatever the other one's called rts i think so 
the question is like are volunteers still something that we should see but as you said like they do tend to be compensated and it's not it's not as if it's entirely free labor although i again i understand like why we're why that why that is a question uh, i i hope that there will be something for folks and i'm sure that there will be at least some um so if you're interested in volunteering check that out but then the other thing that i wanted to talk about here was commentary so applications for commentary if people aren't aware this has been how almost all of the big fighting game events have been working over the last you know, few years at this point they ask for every commentator to send in a reel and an application and say, like, here's the games that I'm applying to commentate. Here's my experience. Here's a little video of, like, me doing it. And that's awesome. Um, I think we're all happy that it's been working that way. It's also the case that people who have a lot of legacy, like, will probably get picked regardless. But it is it is a new way in for or a way in for a lot of new people. And I think that's especially as we've been online is something that we've been seeing a lot of, which is which is a big positive. Um, are you planning to send in a commentary application? You know, I don't know yet. Okay, I actually don't know yet. I haven't even formally applied for combo breaker yet. Okay. And given my history since 2016, except for, I think, 2017, I didn't. But every year, basically since then, I've commentated Top 8 for Marvel. So I, I am like already like, oh, I'm going to commentate Top 8 for Marvel. Like, uh, I'm not dude. concerned about CV as much. Okay, but you probably evil, that. I, I, I mean, I will. I'm not, okay, I'm not all right, all right, okay. Uh, but for, for Evo... I don't know, man. I don't have like that much Guilty Gear commentary to like make a reel out of and that's the only game i'd be applying for so there's no other game in that list that i'd feel comfortable applying to commentate at evo like at that level of an event um so i wouldn't and also there's people that just in all those other games deserve it more than me like i'd like to see new you know or hear new voices on street fighter and dragon ball fighters which are probably the only other two games i could rightfully commentate at all besides guilty gear at evo so i don't know yet i don't know if i if i if i should even you know like maybe maybe i'm not much of a modern day commentator maybe i'm just that guy who sticks around and commentates marvel for you know 40 years and and that's that's what i do i don't i don't know anymore i really don't know where i am in my commentary career anymore like covid made things difficult in a a place that was already difficult for me you know it made, it made it more difficult because i don't like doing online commentary i, I just don't yeah. i'll do it if somebody really wants me to i'll do it for them but it's not my favorite i i prefer offline so yeah i don't know man i'm, I'm assuming that you are though you got to keep up the mk tradition i don't know yeah i so i am definitely going to apply for street fighter 5 and mortal kombat 11 commentary yeah i don't know that i don't feel that i'm credible for the other games i have been playing a lot of kof to be honest but I would rather the people who are like more KOF heads get yeah, those jobs. I, I agree. I, you know I, I mean? feel that way too. Yeah, and like, I I also I also don't have enough time um, to be like sticking with three games well enough to like really stay on top for commentary. So uh, yeah, probably just Street Fighter Five and Mortal Kombat. Uh, even though, again, like the game I'm playing most right now is definitely KOF, even more than those other two. Uh, but I, I know those games really well. I've I've commentated them obviously a lot. So yeah. yeah, I would I would feel good doing both of those. I I no longer come at this from the angle of like, well, I'm gonna do top eight. 
Um, it may be that I end up doing that. I really don't know. But I'm not. I'm not coming at this from that angle anymore. I definitely. I definitely used to. You know, I, I used to feel that like. I, I used to expect it. I don't know that I was ever like upset to not get it, but like I, it was my expectation sometimes. And, and that's not really how I feel about it now. I feel like there are so many strong commentators in all of the games that I've been interested in commentating, um, which again, lately are Street Fighter V and Mortal Kombat 11. Neither, neither game has had a better time for commentators. Like this is, this is the strongest like commentary crop. Sure. And although you're totally right that online commentary is buns compared to offline, just in the same way that like online play is not as good. It's for obviously people, people may not know this for many of the same reasons. In fact, that yeah. it's, that it's not as good. You don't have the person to person connection. There's a delay. And so you can talk over other people. It's just, it's not as fun. It's not as high level either. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a funky not. situation. Yeah. It's, it's really not. Um, that said, big positives of this time have been that so many new people have been able to start commentating. And to and to really like develop their commentary and to become strong commentators. It's been over two years, all right. Like it is enough time that people have begun commentating and become strong commentators. Like in that same yeah, stretch of time, absolutely. Um, so again, I don't think it's ever been a rise of Saint Cola. He's a great example. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I think there are examples in in all these games. For sure. Yeah, um, you're you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to see who does get it. And if it's like not me doing top eight, that's okay. Uh, I hope that I'll get to do some commentary. I'm just looking forward to having like a good time. You're only saying that because you expect Mortal Kombat Top Eight to be on Friday or Saturday. <laughs> I do expect it to That's be the on the first day. If it was, if it was on the arena, you'd be like, man. Yep, I better get top eight. You know, I, I think I deserve it. I mean, I've done it. You know, I would love to do it again. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's. It, I, yeah, I no longer feel like I expect these things. It would it would be great. Like, don't get me wrong, but like I, I've been I've done it, you know, and 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 I want to do it more. But if it doesn't happen now, I won't feel like I'm left out. Sure. Um, that said, yeah, I, I would love to commentate. You're totally right that I would expect <laughs> Mortal Kombat to be done on the first day. So if yeah. like if I if I get Mortal Kombat commentary, uh, in 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 most recent years they've limited how many games each person gets to commentate right so it like it may be that i if i apply for mortal and street fighter that i only get mortal and if so then i'm done for the next two days and i just get to like hang out and yeah i was literally just about to say man evo might be a good time i'm just i'm not commentating and you're done after day one i'm just partying all the time which for me nowadays means uh probably not bed by 11 drinking and going to sleep early yeah I don't know if I told this on the show, but uh, recently I had a single drink. I had a single beer. I had half of that beer. It took a beer. Half of a beer. It took me about an hour to get through half of that single beer. Two hours later, I had a hangover. So that's where I am nowadays. Probably not going to be going too wild, man. I think that was something. I think you just had a headache, and you're like, "This is a hangover." How do you get a hangover if you didn't even get drunk? That's how it's been going, man. I don't know. Anyway, it's going to be a fun time regardless. So, you know, uh, if, if, if it's the case that the last couple of days I'm just there hanging out, that's pretty cool. I'm not going to be upset yeah. about that, um, especially because of this little next bit of news that I mentioned at the beginning here, which is that the Evo 2022 Arena Finals feature general admissions, meaning yeah. that it is open seating. So basically, if you want to get there first and get your pick of seats, you can do that. It is not like it's been in years past where you buy tickets. 
And if you want to sit next to somebody else, once the arena is crowded, you better have the right ticket to be sitting there, uh, especially in the in the sort of front area, right? In the um, in the fancier ticket area. That's not going to be the case now. It's going to be general admission throughout, uh, which means that it could be the return of the pit, the pit, the fabled, you know, the fabled pit. First of all, I'm sure there are people I, who don't know this. Can can you talk about what that even is? What's the pit? What's the evil pit? I'll talk about the pit. The pit. Well, I mean, it wasn't just an Evo special. Of course, it was. At, it was at most majors. Yeah. Um, but of course. Evo was the biggest, the best, the baddest. Uh, the pit was essentially, I don't know, maybe whatever the width of all the chairs of the finals day arena, wherever wherever that may be for a tournament, uh, and maybe like 10 rows of chairs deep leading all the way up to the front stage. Like there's no rope barriers. You are on the front stage banging on the stage. Uh, is a pit of people sitting on their ass Usually the rowdiest, like most ridiculous people in the crowd. So there would be the Mies and the L.I. Joes <laughs> yeah. and the Corn and Noel and just anybody who's willing to like yell at people to make them fuck up on stage and lose their shit. That was the pit. Like imagine a like a mosh pit kind of, but more you know more it, civil it with people wild. sitting on the butts. Yeah, it wasn't. Nobody was getting elbowed, is yeah. what I'm saying. But it was it was a good time. Now, when you say, does this mean the pit is back? Nah, it doesn't. I wish yeah. it did. I, I wish it did. Uh, I really wish that we didn't have the roped off arena and people were just like sitting around the Evo logo watching the tiny ass screen, the 27 inch monitor from 40 feet back because you can't even see the overhead signs at that point. Like, I really wish it would be that the, the, the pits were... At every tournament I had have ever been to, my favorite part, um, unless I was like commentating top eight at that time, and then I would go join the pit anyways after because yeah, for sure, duh, you know, like the, I I really wish that it could be brought back. However, at least for Evo, uh, it's a tournament that size. I don't think it should be brought back. Okay, I I don't think it's actually uh like forward thinking. I think it definitely you know push people to make some bad decisions <laughs> in the pit. <laughs> yeah uh some at some notable tournaments like it just I, I don't think it's actually a good thing i'm just a d-gen who wants to do d-gen things with my friends that i get to see four times a year you know yeah. like it's definitely something for a piece of shit like me i don't think it's like the best thing in the world i wish they would bring it back but i i think it's smart that they don't is how i feel but general admission where you're going to sit with whoever you want to, that'll, you know, maybe give you somewhat of that feeling. You know, that, 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 that way you get to sit with the crowd of people and the group of friends that you want to no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess I would love for the pit to be brought back. I mean, you and I sat in pits many times together and, and I had done, <laughs> yes, I'd done that did. like a lot in other tournaments as well. You're right. But Evo warm beers. was the biggest one. Yeah, right. We would smuggle in a bunch of booze. Uh, don't tell anybody at Evo that, please. But uh, we would smuggle in a tremendous amount of booze, just like entire handles, six packs, yeah. whatever. Everybody was doing it. Uh, and uh, and just get toasty. I mean, there there were definitely Evo finals days where I wasn't commentating, um, which which happened quite a bit, especially after the first like few years that I was commentating. Uh, where Or maybe I was doing like the first one that day. 
where I don't even remember who won what games or not. I'm just not even really paying attention. I'm sloshed. Absolutely. And it was really fun. It was super, super fun. You know, betting a lot and winning substantial money. Oh, I took a lot of money from GLB one time. (laughs) Yep, yep. Taking money from other people too. Those are really fun moments, but yeah, they're they're in the past. That's not that's not coming back at Evo. Sure isn't. Um, I don't. Again, like I'm not really. I can't really do that now. Anyway, like I just am, can't handle the liquor in the same way that I I, mean, like it's just not going to be the same. I mean, like it's okay. Like, I, I I wouldn't get drunk. I would just be baked out of my mind. So. Sure, but you couldn't do that right there, right? Like it's just gonna. Hey, I, you know what? Good luck to you, I guess. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that right there. Good luck to you, I suppose. I can't imagine what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know either. It's it's in the past. It's um, you know, it's like it's like many things like that. I really enjoyed that are very memorable to me. Memorable to me that matter a lot to me. That are important memories that like aren't coming back. You know, that's okay. You you sort of grow up and move on and get a little older, and that's how that's how life goes. But I totally agree that the general admissions, just in general, just being able to sit even in like the little front section um, at the bottom of the arena, that's great. I, I'm really happy about that. It rewards people who get there early. I mean, I can remember, for, for example, like the last, the last Marvel 3 one, right, where you and I were there, we were watching with some friends in the crowd, and we were there early. It was the first one on Sunday. It was not full. It was not full. But we, no. couldn't, we couldn't go down into the bottom area, even still. Nope. That was just the rule. So it would be nice if instead you could sit wherever you want, even at the beginning. It's surely going to be the case again this year that whatever the first game is at Evo is not going to be maxed out crowded. Like, that's just... No. I can't imagine that being the case at, at Evo in Vegas. Everybody is having a good time the previous night. Like, it's just no way. Uh, so, yeah. I was going to say, that that, that's time, that, that that's Marvel that we rolled up, I was still hammered. Were you? I don't when remember that. Oh, I, was, I was so drunk still from the night before. And I cried. I'm like balled my eyes out when it was over because yeah. that, that was the year that chris chris g won yeah he finally got his i remember i was like man he's a, a a bad guy but i love seeing this right now chris not a bad guy anymore by the way he's no. made a lot of great strides but at the time he was a marvel bad guy and i was like it's still beautiful he worked so hard for this like i i, I but anyways yeah i was still hammered yeah so, you know, good. I think I think these are these are really good bits of news. And then the last little thing about Evo, we briefly did talk about this last week, but just to reiterate, Rick also had a tweet. Here's the quote. For those immediately asking, we have not forgot about Marvel vs. Capcom 2. So give us some time and keep that spirit bomb warmed up. What do you think is going to be happening with Marvel 2? Uh, I... I... You know, with like Rick there, I, I would like to think that it would be maybe some exciting thing going on. However, I think it's probably just going to be like an invitational type thing. Maybe they'll do like a couple first attends, or they'll maybe do like a round robin with four legends, or maybe like an invitational eight eight person invite tournament, double limb standard, something like that will probably happen. Uh, because they were going to do something similar to that prior in 2019 or uh, 2020 prior to COVID yeah. happening. That was the plan anyways. So I would assume that they're just going to do something with that. Uh, again, guys, please do not get excited for a new Marvel game. For the love of everything, it's not happening. Yeah. Hold your hopium. Just deal with real life. And the fact is we got Marvel 3 and Marvel Infinite and Marvel 2 forever. It's fine. 
Yep. Those games will. Those games are always going to be great. Nothing will take that away from them. So just. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, that's what I imagine. It'll be. It'll be something simple enough like that, just to to show off the the old game. You know. I think you're right. I think that's what I'm expecting as well. But yeah, just wanted to. Again, we had we had talked about this last week. I just wanted to reiterate that that is gonna be happening. All right. Is there anything else to say about Evo additional info? Nope. I think we've talked about this long enough, man. Moving on. Yes, nailed it. All right, here's the news. New fighting game roundtable. We don't actually have that much in terms of information about it. I wonder what Miles thinks. Maybe we'll find out. Yeah, we're about to find out what Miles thinks about it. Here's, here's a tweet from, uh, from Nebo. So a new Japan fighting game publishers roundtable has been announced for March 21st. Participants include Capcom, Arc System Works, SNK, Sega, Arika, and Bandai Namco. Expect updates for their current fighting games and general discussions about the genre. There's a link to what the there's like a press release, like more info yep. about it. Um, that's in Japanese that I um, can't understand and also haven't seen anybody translate. Uh, so I don't have additional <laughs> info. All if, right. there, if there is additional info, but we at least know that on March 21st, from 3 o'clock to 5.30 p.m. Japan time, they'll be talking with, again, that whole list of major devs and pubs in the fighting game land in Japan. Can I link it in the chat? Absolutely. I'll just I'll link to the tweet that's been going around. Oh, to the press release. Certainly. East, thank you. Yeah, if you could just provide a very quick, complete translation of that entire website, would be cool. <laughs> that entire website, <laughs> the, the whole page. Uh, all right. It. So, look, we've had fighting game roundtables in the past a couple times. At this point, they have talked about general stuff. Sometimes they've talked about netcode. Sometimes they've talked about what what are your design philosophy when designing a new character or approaching a new game or whatever general stuff like that but they've also shown off new dlc new trailers you know new things that they are going to be working on and again we are in part uh, looking for uh, quote updates for their current games and general discussions about the genre what are you looking for when it comes to this finding game roundtable look man i'll be i'll be as real i'll be i'll, I'll say what the kids say i'm gonna keep it 100 okay I expect nothing from these. And honestly, I like that they do them. I think it's a good thing to get the information out there to people. Honestly, I have so many game dev friends. I already know all the shit that they're talking about. Like, this is not, generally speaking, new information for me, unless it's, like, specific to their game. And I don't play all their games, so I'd be interested to hear, like, what Capcom, Arxis, and that's about it I have to say really you know like that those are the only games that i'm, I'm i, I kind of somewhat play at the moment so i i know that it'll be i know it'll get memed again and someone will say something and everybody's like oh you're an idiot how are you making games Ugh. so like that sucks you know I, I feel bad for the devs for that but uh, other than that yeah i don't, I don't have any expectations like I, I hope that something cool gets announced i hope that players of that are fans of the games that are devs talking that they you know get to hear good news about whatever game they want to hear good news about like i hope nothing but positive stuff i just know that someone's gonna get memed and i personally 
don't like like this isn't stuff that's like usually a surprise to me you know i guess is the best way to put it it's stuff that i'm usually already aware of like the design philosophy or how they make certain things happen in, in games and stuff like i've talked to keats about all this stuff a lot you know as well as our other friends that probably don't want to be named in game dev but so it's like you know it's not it's not like surprising stuff for me it's not like a, I'm, I'm not learning much i guess is the best way to put it but for other people it's probably great for them <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I am looking forward to it. I really enjoyed the last couple of them. I think they're, they're, it's always interesting to me to get perspectives, even if, as you're, you mentioned, some of it's not new necessarily, but there are often little disagreements and, and different perspectives, and I like that. I like, I like hearing about that. Maybe even more than that, I just like the idea of it. I like the transparency. They're actually like being out there with what they think about stuff in a way that they just never did before the last, you know, first couple of these. So I'm, I'm interested in it from just maybe just sort of a general interest in fighting games perspective. Um, I'm, I am interested in what some of these companies are going to be doing though, specifically, like it was probably not going to be the case that Capcom is going to be talking about street fighter six in that street fighter six announcement. They said that they're going to have more stuff in summer. March is not summer. So probably not, but they could have stuff that's maybe <laughs> <But>. not, <laughs> that's maybe not like a full trailer or something, but maybe they talk about their, their design feelings in approaching Street Fighter 6. How, how, how are they approaching the design in that game? Like, is there anything that they're shooting for? You know, not, here's what the game mechanics are going to be. Here's new trailers, whatever. I'm not expecting that stuff, but I think it would be cool to hear more about like their, how they're approaching the design of this new game in the Street Fighter series. And I would also hope that if the March patch isn't out by that point, which is you know only six days, not even a week from now, they haven't announced anything like that yet, that they announce the patch in Capcom's uh, stated plans. They were supposed to have a patch out in March yeah. for Street Fighter V. Yeah. And that hasn't happened yet. And oh. it is, it's important that it happens because this character, Luke, is showing up more and more, dude. He is, he is running things, running things out in Street Fighter V land right now. And yeah. I do think it would be nice if there were a patch out there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and I would, you know, I would hope it would happen. I mean, I know they already had this patch planned. Yeah. But uh, this is a little off, off topic, I guess. But our boy Sajam was just talking about uh the one last patch how so many fighting games they just had one more patch yeah if ultra street fighter 4 one more patch and marvel 3 one more patch a perfect game and the the reality is that's it's never going to happen there's no such thing as a perfect game there's always going to be a best character there's always going to be a worst character just kind of how it is so yeah i don't know i I guess what i'm saying is even if street fighter 5 all of a sudden didn't get a final patch for some reason it's probably not that big of a deal to be honest, you know, it's probably fine. Yeah, I don't mean to say that Luke kills everybody. I don't think he's an overpowered character in the sense of, like, being S-tier, he beats everybody. Like, he probably doesn't beat everybody. But he is definitely the best. I think he's the best character in the game. Um, so I would like to see a little bit to him. I agree that, I like, think it's, it's very telling in Street Fighter V when everybody has a pocket whatever. Like, when everybody had a pocket Seth. Yeah. Problem. Now everybody has a, pro- a pocket Luke. Yeah problem like that's yeah i i I would agree i think he's the best as well yeah so hopefully they address that and then i would like to hear more from snk about the characters that are showing up in king of fighters the dlc characters 
Again, I've been playing that game a lot. I want to hear. I want to hear SNK talk about why throws beat meaties in KOF 15. <laughs> okay. All right. I, that's something I would like to hear. I want to. I want fucking give me your reasoning, SNK, because. Man, that shit's dumb. They're bringing it back to the classics is their reasoning. That's how Street Ugh. Fighter 2 works. It's how the whole SF2 series works. Super Listen, Turbo's man, the same way. Street Fighter 2 barely That's works. That's how Gear period, has worked. Okay? Come on. Come on. Ah, stupid. I don't, don't like it. Weird. I don't like it, man. I really don't care. I don't like it. it. I mean, I'm indifferent either way. If they change it, fine. If they don't, I really don't care. Um, change whatever. it back, you cowards. Just different rules. I don't really care that much. Yeah, you step back a little bit. Throw ranges are not that wild in that game. Like you can still pressure and, and not be worried about wake up throw. Whatever. Uh, I do. I do though. Again, I wanna. I wanna know more about the characters that they're gonna be bringing out. I wanna know. I wanna get some trailers in there. You know, I. I do think that there could be some stuff. I think that is maybe plausible from Arxis as well when it comes to Strive. What's Sega's plan? Is are they hoping that Virtual Fighter is still gonna happen? Virtual Fighter Five on Xbox Series and PS Five. All right, we're gonna release it for free one more time and then talk about how amazed we are that people downloaded our free game. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I don't know, man. Sega's like, I mean, oh yeah, yeah all these downloads. I'm like, dude, it was it was free. Yeah, it's that's not. You got to talk about the player base, not how many free downloads you had that's not how that works i like i wouldn't but, uh, expect for them to come out with like the big vf like a new vf game like that's i'm not expecting that and and not at this spot like i don't expect for there to be an announcement of that magnitude at something like a fighting game round table that seems like it's not likely uh so no. yeah but i don't know what else is sega gonna be doing there? they're gonna be talking about vf i don't know um so you know some some things to talk about i also from a design perspective one thing I actually would like to hear them talk about is yeah. strong characters and how they approach uh, balancing, uh, you know, some some experiments that they've had, maybe sometimes when characters that they didn't think were going to be strong ended up being really strong, or times when they thought a character might be really strong, and then the release comes out, and players are like, actually, this character's not that big of a deal. And I'm, th- I'm thinking about that not just because of Luke, but because I feel like in KOF 15 right now, there are a couple characters that really jump out um, as being extremely strong, and this is a, this is something that you know Tekken has dealt with. It's, you can have the Bandai conversation on this. You could have the Arxis conversation on this. I think that each of these devs could have something interesting to say about that topic. I think that would be cool. All right, sure. This Agreed. dude, Luke. In KOF 15, like, characters are good because they do a tremendous amount of damage. Like, that tends to actually just be the reason. Uh, or safety. But, like, mix-ups aren't super wild for the most part. Only a couple characters have really, really wild mix-ups. Other than that, there's, like, a lot of good mix-ups. Oh, no, man, I've seen like, some pretty dirty kills. stuff on Twitter lately. From who? Uh, Kukri. Yeah, well, that's the character. Kula. I've seen Kukri. I've seen Kula. I've seen... Dolores doing some nasty stuff. I've seen. She's got. She's got uh, good mix-ups. Nothing that's. Yeah, like, I, I nothing think that there's plenty of characters that's like really nutty, other than Kukri and then like a couple of characters once they have a bunch of bars. So I mean, again, like I, I think for them, what they need to do to tamp down some characters is just like a little bit less damage. Maybe things aren't as safe or whatever. But uh, anyway, I would like. I'd like to have this conversation. I think that could be cool. Anything All else right. that you would like to see them talk about? Nope, I think we need to uh, go to break and bring on our boy Pat. We'll do it. All right. All Uh, right. 
how to do it. Oh yeah, uh, Tuesday break, let's do it. See ya, we'll be back shortly. Okay, everything's did you, working. Did you unmute us? Did yes, you unmute us? yes, everything should be fine and should be working. I mean, obviously it's working great. Obvious, tubbo, tubbo where? Yeah, we did it. Except for the work. timer doesn't work and the, yeah, the topic timer. is wrong. Okay, and, you know. Okay. Uh, leave me alone. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring on Pat to talk about whatever we're going to talk about to the interview screen. Want you know I turned my gamer my gamer lights on <laughs> rainbow. Hey Pat. Hey, what up? Streaming's a blow up, y'all. We we we've been here. It is. It is. <laughs> we get it. Uh, to anyone who who normally appreciates how seamless uh, James and the crew makes this look, sometimes look sometimes you get a look at what it looks like behind the curtain. You know, uh, it's it's and all it's, it's all smoke and mirrors and illusions, and none of us are nearly as competent as we look when we're on these. Oh, we got the timer working now, so that's good. Oh hell yeah, that's on this we one, did the it. Timer's working. Let's we go. We did it. Okay, sick. All right, all right. So. <laughs> Uh, we brought you on to talk about a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of things that we can go uh, towards with you on yeah. the mic here, which is great. Thanks a lot for joining us. But let's start by talking about how it is that you got into competitive fighting games in the first place. Sure. Uh, so let's see. I am of the the age and generation where uh, I remember when Street Fighter II was like a worldwide phenomenon, right? So. And, and like right off You're the bat. You're aging yourself right off the bat. Exactly, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Y'all, y'all gotta know that. I, we've been here, right? We've been here. I was not old enough to be good at Street Fighter 2. I was like six or something when I remember okay. the game coming out. So you, could, you know, sure. kind of barely reach the cabinet controls. Like you have no idea what you're doing, right? But I remember going around. I live in San Francisco. I grew up in San Francisco. I remember going around and being like, there's a Street Fighter 2 cabinet in this laundromat. And then I walk down the street, there's another Street Fighter 2 cabinet in a 7-Eleven. <laughs> the comic book store is an import copy of SNES Street Fighter 2. I'm like, my Dang. world has just been turned into a PvP zone, right? <laughs> um, sure. And like, the, the kids these days don't, re don't realize that Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter IP is not big because of what it has now. It was big because for a brief moment, like every I, I won't say everyone because Street Fighter 2 didn't make it completely around the world due to like import restrictions and stuff. Yeah. But for, for the shining moment, like you could just fight random strangers and it was fine. Right, because it was in a video game, um, and I remember just thinking, like, I'm, look, I'm six years old. I'm like all hopped up in Ninja Turtles. I'm like, well, this is obviously yeah. the coolest shit ever. And I remember thinking when I got a Super Nintendo, my dad was like, "We're gonna get you a copy of Street Fighter 2 I'm like, my life changes here. I can actually sit down and learn how to play the game. Right. Right. Um, but I didn't actually get into competitive fighting games until a little bit later. Uh, it would have been in high school because what happened was I would get invited to the sleepover. I'd whip everyone at Street Fighter, would jump in heavy kick, crouch heavy kick, yeah, and then no one wanted to play Street Fighter no more, right? Everyone was like, this sucks. We're going to go play Sonic the Hedgehog or something instead. Um, <laughs> Or talk to girls. I don't know. Uh, and I was Not like, us. wait, I'm, I'm, Terrible I'm, choice. I'm, I'm trying to play Street Fighter. Exactly. Right. Um, and so uh, the way I actually got into competitive fighting games was uh, I was in high school and I was bored and I was searching through a uh, SNES ROM set. And I found an SNES ROM called Gundam Wing Endless Duel. And I had no idea what all those words together meant, but I was like, 
This seems kind of cool. I opened it up. There's cool robots. It looked way more advanced, like visually, in terms of sprite work and stuff, than any other fighting game I'd, I'd remembered from the SNES era. Um, and so I started mashing on it, and it's got some neat chain systems. Like the, all the mechs seem really cool. I picked Death Scythe first because how do you not pick someone named <laughs> Death Scythe with a fucking scythe and everything? Yeah. Uh, and so I. I I, I just I messed around that game and then I ended up downloading the anime too. So I like to say that Endless Duel actually ruined my life. Like my dad wow. wanted me to be a lawyer. He wanted me to wow. be like you, David. Wow. Uh, and then I discovered Endless Duel. I didn't even go that deep into it, but it, it introduced <laughs> me to anime and then it reintroduced me into fighting games. So from oh, there, man. I got a PlayStation emulator, um, which this was, uh, David might remember this from, from like IP law stuff, but there was briefly a PlayStation emulator that was sold for Macs, mm -hmm. right? It was called yeah. Connectix Virtual Game Station. Um, and it was it was this it was like having a PS1, right? So I went to Blockbuster and I immediately pirated a bunch. I, I rented a bunch of games. I burned them. One of them was Street Fighter Alpha Three for for the PS1. And that, like, I, I started playing that, just messing around. And then I meet a guy at at, at high school who's like, uh, he brought he would bring his Dreamcast to school and just play games during wow. lunch. And he had a stick, so he had he's like, oh, wow. you. you he, you, you like fighting games? I was like, yeah, kind of. So he brought Alpha 3, and I picked Shinakuma, and I tried to do all the cheap world tour shit, and he just destroyed me. Um, <laughs> and so that got me into, into fighting games. And from there, I started... Um, so I started just like looking for cabinets wherever I could find them, right? But I didn't have a car back then, so and I, I, I didn't really. I went on SRK a little bit, but there wasn't like a much outside of, uh, like there's some there's you know tech talk, general discussion. There wasn't that much going on in the matchmaking stuff yet. Mm. Uh, and so what happened was I was actually at a high school debate tournament, um, which is. A great introduction to fighting games because there's a lot of downtime to be bored in, but if also like arguing with people, like competitive public speaking is is a pretty uh, it can be pretty scary for people to get into, sure. right? Like, uh, so if you're used to the stress of that, then stuff like playing fighting games is a lot easier. But I was at a UC Berkeley debate tournament. My friend takes me to, to Laval's Pizzeria back on Durant. Uh, yeah, David knows what's up. I'm sure. I'm sure David remembers all kinds of uh, bad decisions being made around Southside Telegraph. Oh God! <laughs> um, so Laval's Pizzeria had a CVS one cab. They had Marvel two. They had Tech and Tag, and then I think they had some pinball machines. So I, I would. I would play. I went there during like in between debate rounds because I was trying to get some food. Um, and they had CVS one. I had played a little bit of CVS one on my friend's Dreamcast, and so I, I quarter up. And uh, I managed to get like light light punch into dragon punch with Ryu or someone. And I hear a couple people watching go, ooh. And I'm like, oh shit. Like this is the first time in my life <laughs> that someone has watched me play a video game and been excited. Like I think I'm here for life. And sure. So I started playing there. And then after a little while, someone was just like, dude, why don't you go to barricade? It's like two blocks away. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh shit. Okay, I guess I, guess I should go there. I was still in high school at the time. And they had this sign out, out front that said like UC Berkeley ID required for entry. But the dude at, uh, at the, who I was talking to at, at Laval was like, no, they don't care. And I'm, I, was, I was tall even then. So I just walked in, got murked for months, began, became <laughs> years, et cetera, et cetera. But that was kind of how I got into things. And that was where I met David, though yep. I don't think we actually talked with each other until well after the barricade closed. I think you're right, because at the time I was very shy. And yeah. I basically didn't talk to anybody at the barricade, even though I was going there almost every day for four years. <laughs> I basically didn't know <laughs> anybody nerd, there. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Look, I so, you know, we, we got locals here and there now starting to come back when COVID isn't too bad. And 
we get kids who who show up and it's their first offline and they don't know how to ask for next they don't know how to go yeah. up to a setup be like yo let me get next they're like oh these two people look like they're having such a good time i don't want to bother them and i i i, I, I kind of give them shit sometimes i'm like yo you got to learn how to do this but also i remember how awkward it was to talk to people at the arcade when you didn't know anyone either right like i literally didn't belong in that space uh yeah. i would i would talk to my friends there like people who i went to the arcade with but it wasn't until i went to other events with barricade people and i ran into them on the way there they were like oh shit and then they showed me like oh this is that's arcade forum thread where we all make terrible jokes and whatever and, and it was kind of it was on from there and that was kind of how i linked into the fgc so uh you you kept playing for a long time you've played a lot of different games over the years uh what would you say are the games that have stuck with you most the games that have mattered to you most ah all right uh CVS 2, Capcom vs. SNK 2, easily, that's that's where my roots were. That was Good the game. first game I, I went super hard in. It is. Yeah. It's a beautiful game. Um, it is also, you know, responsible for, like, the longest top eights in, in any tournament <laughs> sure. history ever. Yep. Uh, it's it's It was NorCal's game. I, I maintain it still mm -hmm. is NorCal's game, at least as far as North America goes. Um, and... Uh, it was that was the first time that I was in like a super engaged FGC where there's you know there's like as a new tournament game there were different places around the bay playing it so you could go and play with different people there um, so that game left its mark on me for real like that was that was what taught me how to play fighting games um, Guilty Gear XX was the game that I got into afterwards and that was the first time that I kind of really got into a single character I still mm -hmm. played Chip I started playing Chip back then okay and it was like the first time that I intentionally I picked someone knowing that they were kind of low tier um, and I did it anyway I was like okay I, be I believe in this character and I, I realized that like even though he was objectively not good in that game he was a better fit for he, he kept me wanting to play the game mm -hmm. uh, so Definitely have fond memories of, of, of XX that stuck with me. Marvel 2 and Marvel 3 both. Like, I consider, I, I still consider myself a Marvel player. I still mash on those games. I'm still working on my ROM infinites. Um, I'm trying to relearn zero loops on Hitbox. We actually started running Marvel 3 brackets again. We got Amongst Shadows to come out to Caliburst hey. a little while ago. He fucked us up. Marlon Pie was there too. It was a good time. Um, Marvel players, I mean, Brandon, you know this better than anyone else here, but like, Marvel players, like, they're, 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 they're they're so important to the soul of the fighting game community, you know. <laughs> yeah, like it's not it's not a real fighting game event if you don't have a Marvel player there, right? Even if it's just like a casual setup for someone to mash on, get smoked on, you know. Uh, so I will always have mad love for for, for Marvel versus Capcom, um, and then you know these days it's been it's been Rev Two, Guilty Gear Exit Rev Two for me for a couple of years now, and that is that is kind of where my. Uh, that 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 seems to be my forever home these days. Well, let's let's talk about that because you've, I mean, obviously Strive has come out. A lot of people are playing Strive, uh, mm -hmm. but you've kept Exerd alive and well. I I would say not single handedly, but you definitely yeah. have. You know, you make a dent in you know where a lot of Exerd players end up playing, right? Yeah. Uh, so what what made you want to you know step up and, and take that role i mean not everybody can or is willing to do that what made you want to put yourself through all that stress it's, for your community it's it's funny because like toing and community organizing stuff is like the one part of fighting games that i hadn't really gotten into mm -hmm. until like it was like late 2018 and uh, we had an esports arena in Oakland that was, they were, they were doing a collab with Wednesday Night Fights. It's called Wednesday Night Fights NorCal or Wednesday Night Fights Oakland. And uh, Rev2 had kind of been there and not been there. And no one was really holding it down for it there. But 
uh, around this time is like mid to late uh, mid to late 2018. I went to Japan, like I went to Tokyo. I played in Mikado every night. I went out to check uh, what uh, Obama and Juna and them were doing with with Fighting Tuesdays when that was a thing to see like what their locals were like. And I, I realized I, it, it comes from a place of pure selfishness. This is what people don't realize. Like everything I do comes from a place of pure selfishness. I was like. Yo, I'm I'm six foot three, and I can't afford to fly first class to Japan every time I want to get some good matchup practice in. So it, it's actually easier, I think. Like, why don't we just rally the Rev Two community, make sure there's a, a few clear places for people to play, right? Like, uh, because we all know in NorCal, like, if, if I start up a bracket and Damendo shows up, he's gonna he's gonna beat us all. Right. And if it's not him, then maybe it's Bears or GC Yoshi or Effortless or any one of the number of killers. Right. The point for us is not, oh, we, we need to find out who's the best. It's brackets are a great excuse to get everyone together and play the game. And with with refs to net play being what it is, there's no replacement for offline play. Right. Not right. only for the, 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 the lag and delay, but also because this is where you ask people questions. This is where you get new people into the game so they can learn the matchups that you don't know how to play yourself, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so there's this one day where I was just, I, I, I talked to, I was talking to my wife, Irene, and she, I, I was like, shit, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to have to run this bracket myself because I don't think anyone else is going to do it. And that's, that's literally just where it started. But, uh, around the time that we started seeing the strive transition come down the pipe, and especially when we started seeing what the game was going to be, right? Which, you know, Arxis was straight up with us from the beginning. They're like, this game is not going to be like other Guilty Gears, right? It's, yeah. it is different intent. It's made for a different audience, right? Um, and so... When I saw that, I remembered what it was like to be a CVS2 fan and then see Third Strike replace CVS2 as the tournament game. Uh, yeah, David is probably like, that was the time that I stopped being bored with fighting games. <laughs> I was definitely more of a 3S guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then Street Fighter 4 came, and look, I didn't like Third Strike back then because I wanted to play CVS2, and then Street Fighter 4 came out, and I was like, oh, I don't really like this game. Street Fighter 5 came out, I was like, well, I don't really like this one. Eventually, I got to the realization that one, I'm not really a Street Fighter player, um, and, but two, like, there's no reason to stop playing the old games, right? Like, uh, I am, I'm a big fan of the, what exists of the Japanese arcade scene because you can go to Hay in Akihabara, or at least you could a couple of years ago. I don't know how they're doing these days, but there's a cluster for Street Fighter 4 and ST and Third Strike and Street Fighter 5. You can go play whatever, whatever Street Fighter you want there, right? Like, it's just because it's not the main game or the Evo game this year doesn't mean you can't nurture a competitive community. It doesn't mean you can't con continue learning your craft and honing it, you know? Sure. And uh, especially with these games of this level of complexity and depth that older games have, like just because we played it competitively for a couple of years doesn't mean we found everything, you know? People are still finding new stuff in these different games. And like, you know, it. You know, when you're younger and you want to hop on the new cool shit because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so much stronger than I used to be. I learned so much from this last game. Y'all ain't ready for me in the new game, right? <laughs> but once you're, once you're old, you're like, uh, you know, I think I found a couple of games that I really like. And if I don't keep playing them, then people might not be able to play them anymore. You know, like I think of what we do for Rev 2 as game preservation. Because Rev2, even if we have, let's say we have a perfect PC port of Rev2 or uh, whatever, you know, something that we can reliably play for decades and decades, if you don't have anyone to play it with, you don't know what that game is like, right? Um, and I think about how, like, so many game communities, I, like, I think Street Fighter 4 got kind of screwed by this, right? Where, like, people who love Street Fighter 4 could have kept on running events for it. Um, yeah. And then they, they wouldn't have lost that momentum, right? They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have had to deal with the dead game stuff, right? 
so it was really important to me to learn from like how Smash community has preserved their com their communities, mm. how how Japanese fighting game communities have preserved their like longer lived communities. Like I think Combo Breaker and Frosty Frostings are great inspirations because they're like, yeah, you can. I the fact that they're there and they have so many tournaments and so many side tournaments mean that I can reliably plan around those as like some major events for my game, right? And obviously, Killer Instinct and Skullgirls, all these grassroots communities have done so much to build their own competitive scene, even with minimal publisher support sometimes, right? Uh, and I was like, well, shit, you know, this is this is the game. The, the playbook is out there, right? This is how Evo started up. Like all these tactics are even easier to do now in, 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 because we have streams and we have discord and whatever, like, yeah, we got de delay based net code and it's not the greatest, but we have the resources we need to keep this game going. So let's do it. And frankly, like I would be remiss in saying, uh, that if chip was more fun in strive, my feelings about this would have been different, right? Yeah. Like. I can't turn invisible. And I can't do a teleport. I'm trying here. I'm here out here trying to do ninja shit. Yeah. And I'm sure there's everyone like answer players. What other game do they have? Right. We got to make sure there's a home for answer players or Hagen players or Ophel. Let's not get carried away here. But <laughs> I mean, she's definitely coming to strive anyway. So don't worry. But, but she she will be different. Surely if she comes. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I, I would like to know what it is about Rev2 that makes you stick with that game. And, and I don't I don't yep. mean like what sucks about strive necessarily although if you would like yeah, to talk about that that's cool but like what what is it about rev 2 that that makes you stick with it so uh i will i will i will talk about this by first talking about what i like about plus r right okay. which is i also play plus r um chip is very fun in that game it's very fast there's a lot of really rewarding execution things to learn i like playing games where i know that 100 percent perfect execution is likely beyond me right mm, i got that from cvs2 i i play cvs2 my roll canceling is shit my a group combos are shit i cannot combo into super reliably into that game at all and you'll still see me in na cvs2 top eights because i figured out how to play around that right <laughs> um and with, with Guilty Gear XX and Plus R, it's the same thing. I'm like, I'm, I will work on this. I can always improve on this. And, and, this, and I, think that's, I think that's beautiful. That's something I love in a fighting game is that there's always the potential to be working on something new, um, leveling something up, getting more consistent, finding new stuff, right? And Plus R has that in spades. Um, however, uh, there are like changes to the ways that Arxis handled stuff like meter spend, for example. Uh, I really like RC slowdown. I really like YRC as a mechanic. Um, the, so the thing about FRC, right? The plus R FRC is you get really good at this timing and you get to cancel a move at a point where you, you could not otherwise cancel it for the low, low price of 25 meter, right? And it's cool because it lets moves do different things, right? So I can do Alpha Blade or I can do Alpha Blade wire, or FRC and then I, it's, it's kind of a weird, funky mix-up dash tool that's super mm. fast, right? Uh, the thing is that FRCs are only located at specific intervals and specific moves. So there's a, set, a finite set of things that you can do with it. And the YRC system really lets you turn anything, any move in you know, the startup or the early phase of any move into kind of its own building block. Um, and so I just thought there's a lot of creativity there, a lot of fun stuff that I loved. Um, sure. And it also just, it interfaces with the characters really well. Like th these, these characters are designed with this kind of like exponentially complex tool set in mind 
right? So there's there's just a lot of a lot of good, just juicy stuff to chew into, right? <laughs> like I can spend years on a character and still not feel like I'm anywhere close to mastering them uh, in in both games, but for different reasons, right? With with Rev Two and the way that Rev Two handles meter spend, the power that it gives an RC. Um, it really lets you not just not just YRC, by the way, like all roaming cancels just are incredibly powerful in, in Rev2 because they slow the action down. Um, and so I, I really like how that enforces a high level of strategic thinking about meter spend, hmm. right? Because meter lets you buy your way. It, it, it essentially lets you buy an advantage like really clearly in a way that it doesn't as clearly do it in plus R, right? And I think both games are, are super, super beautiful in their own way. It's why I play both of them. But Rev 2 has elements of like, it was actually, it was really cool. Uh, if y'all know Foo, uh, mm -hmm. Bryant, Foonanigans, yeah. Uh, I had him on my stream a little while ago and he was walking me through his thought process around how to build resources in Rev 2, where he's very specific about his IBs. He understands a lot of, of the, uh, the kind of hidden mechanics around how meter gain works in that game. And he's always making these small decisions to push himself right over a critical meter threshold so that he gets maximum advantage in any given situation. He is playing Exerd like it's a card game. He's playing it like it's Yu-Gi-Oh, which is the other game that he's been cracking out on lately, okay. right? And it is super fun to see that thought process, right? Because it means that a player like that can succeed, but so can a player like Deb, who is a lot more uh, just fundamentals oriented with her soul, um, a lot of, like really, really intelligent reads on, on not only human behavior, but also a, a, a super nuanced understanding of how matchups work in that mm -hmm. game. Like right. uh, there's a huge range of how people can be awesome if they play Rev 2, right? Like as a chip player, there are certain aspects of the game that I play really heavily. Like neutral is major for chip. I'm all about intersecting geometric like like lines and curves and stuff to try and get you right in that counter hit JD spot. Uh, and then I play against a biking player and I'm like, I have to throw this all out because the zombie <laughs> just neutralizes all my shit. I have to learn how to play a completely different game just in that matchup. And I'm like, that is, that's that shit I love. Okay. Well, I, 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 was, I was hoping you got into a little bit. I was hoping to talk about this. What are in your mind the similarities across the games that you have loved so much? Um, I think we just got a yeah. little insight in terms of the execution, but but what else stands out to you? Uh, so if if I look at if I look at CVS, Marvel, and Guilty Gear, there's a couple of things that stand out. One is high execution. Even though I am generally kind of notoriously bad at execution. Uh, <laughs> I like the process of testing myself and of, of getting better and seeing that. I'm also a martial artist, so it, it's really, really rewarding for me to apply elements of my physical practice to video games as well. Sure. Um, so definitely high, high executional rewards just in general. Um, a lot of stuff, right? Like CVS2, I don't like when I when I have fun playing CVS2, I'm not playing my K Groove competition team. I'm playing random select random group. <laughs> yeah. Random Select Random Groove CVS2 is basically like it's a quiz as to how many fighting games you played in the late 90s, early 2000s, right? <laughs> They're like, oh, this character? Yeah, I bet you didn't know how this character from this game plays with Dodge from, you know, with fucking S Groove or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. I bet you didn't know how bullshit this character gets if you get unlimited level ones or if they got <laughs> right, parry right, or yeah. whatever, you know? Um, and then and then having to play matchups on top of that, that shit is amazing to me. Uh, Guilty Gear characters, especially in the classic gear games, are so complicated and so dense with their own stuff uh, that each character might as well be a different game. And in Marvel, yeah, obviously, I was say they're all their own game. Yeah. And in Marvel, like every team, right, is its own like death trap, 
right? Like you have, I remember seeing Ryan LV play. It, it was, what was the Evo that he won? Is 2017? Yeah, that was the last, the last uh, so, Marvel. So he three. won 2017. I remember seeing him top eight for 2016 and thinking, oh, next year this dude's got it in the bag. His, the layer that he's playing the game on, the strategic resilience of his team, the game plan, no one's ready for this shit, right? Um, and, and Marvel's still being innovated on, right? You got, you got hitbox Absolutely. striders like Among Shadows coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> I, Clockwork was showing me some of the bullshit that you could do with, a, with Strider in that game with the hitbox. And I'm like, yeah, there are layers that we're, we don't see yet. Marvello, right? Marvello switched to hitbox too because of that. Dang. Hey, yeah. I'm dropping Strider because of that. <laughs> I can't play him at max capacity because I don't play hitbox, so wow. I'm just dropping him. Like, like old man, it's you got <laughs> yeah, to get with I the know my abilities. <laughs> there you go. Yep, right here. Um, so yeah, it's for me. It's like I understand why people like games where the basically the game you're playing is more recognizable, right? Like Ryu against Guile. I played that matchup for like two hours last week and I had a blast, right? And ST is great. Um, I understand why people love those games, but for me, the games that I, I am passionate about are the ones where you get to see humanity bring as many tools to the table as they got, mm. right? Where you're like, this this person over here thinks about this game in this completely different way than this person over here, and what we're about to do is see these two worldviews and perspectives and histories fight a first to three or first to two or whatever, and whoever wins, like that is some kind of validation. It's whatever you want to take out of it, right? Um, that shit is amazing to me. Well, speaking of worldviews, tell us about how you started writing these FGC exposés, these amazing articles <laughs> uh, relating fighting games to your real-life experiences and so on and so forth. How, how did that start, and why? why? Why did you do that? I mean, you know, break it down yeah. for us. Um, so I, I guess I've been a writer for longer than I've been a fighting game player. I actually started writing about video games. I was doing like reviews and stuff for like websites in high school. Okay. And uh, also like debate, high school debate stressed a bunch of writing stuff. In college, mm. I studied philosophy. So I've always been kind of more on the writing side of things. And uh, there is definitely a big inspiration for me is Bruce Lee. Right. Bruce Lee, most people know him for the movies, but he left behind a lot of excellent writing. He also studied philosophy. Did. Um, yeah. And it was it was kind of his attempt to like document the excuse me the stuff that he understands but would have a hard time communicating to other people mm. right like uh and when we see this in fighting games now we're like if someone asks hey how do i get better at fighting games we can give them a list of things to do but it's actually really hard to tell them how to play them better we just say if you do this then you'll get better at them mm. right but like things like actually describing the cognitive work that you're doing in your brain in order to play a fighting game, very few people are any good at this, right? Sure. And, yeah. and like, I also remember in, just in terms of writing inspirations, I was like, well, you know, Seth Killian had the Dom 101 series back in the day. There was like Serlin and playing to win and all that stuff. Like there's a, there's a pretty defined history of people using writing to try and figure out together, like, hey, how do we play these games better? <laughs> yeah. What do these mean? And also like, how should you act, right? Like, cause it's, it's weird to treat random human beings you've never met as like potential PVP targets, right? In an arcade <laughs> or, or, or whatever, right? Yeah. There's, there's, there's like a certain etiquette that you need to evolve in order, order to be able to have those conversations or those interactions happen like safely and enjoyably so that people want to do this shit again, you know? 
and so I think I, I think of it, I think of it as tech the same way that someone's writing like you know tech for a character or whatever, right? It's just hey, you're in this situation, you want to engage with these things in this situ in you know in the at the at the local or whatever, right? Or you just got blown up and you don't know how to feel about it, but you think you should feel bad. Well, here's actually a way of reframing the situation so you can feel good about it, right? Because when I went to the barricade, I got my ass ass completely waxed for like months. <laughs> David, you probably remember Eric Choi. He's actually still on sure. Fightcade these days. Shout out to Eric. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that dude. I think I think it was some somewhere in the realm of like six to nine months before I took a single game off of him at CVS two, and that was just casuals, right? Um, like, not, most people do not have that uh, durability, <laughs> yeah. that motivation, right? Mm -hmm. Like. And, and it doesn't mean those people aren't welcome in this game or that, or this activity or that they shouldn't be here. It just means they might, they could probably use a little help in in just figuring out like how to deal with their emotions and reframe things so that they can treat this as progress and as evolution rather than, uh, you know, just a, a terrible time. <laughs> I, I, I think that, I think that's really well said when, when it comes to, you know, coming up with things to write about, how do you, how do you go about sort of, uh, that that process. Dave is just well, trying to steal your ideas for content. Don't, what don't should tell I do next? That's right. Tell him well, David, if you go to patreon.com slash pat the flip for right. the low, low hey. price of $5 a month. So I do, I, I run a Patreon. People yeah. write in with me, uh, into me with, with questions. And I've always wanted to be an advice columnist. So I figured, yeah. well, you, you just start you by, by doing this then eventually people will treat you as an advice columnist um <laughs> so that is that is step one uh also you can do what every other fgc content creator does and look at reddit because reddit is routinely full of the worst fighting game takes <laughs> questions thoughts and it's, it's just this synthesized sure concentrated oh, mass of ugh but in there are valid human experiences that people need help with and that redditors are usually not well equipped uh, to, you're to gonna get boxed by a random redditor now they're gonna be so angry how dare you insult reddit <laughs> <laughs> i mean look i'm in there too all right yeah 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 um but yeah it's it's like there there are people out there asking questions right every time you see a clip go viral and it's because someone like i don't know didn't saw something and didn't have the right frame to understand why this is an experience that should happen at all. Right. Like, uh, that is, that is grist for the mill, right? Mm. At a very basic level, you can imagine everything I write is just looking and, and thinking about how much better the world would be if everyone just understood this thing. Right now, unfortunately, one of the first things you learn as a writer in fighting games or anywhere else is that people don't read. So, uh, <laughs> It is of limited effect, um, which sure. is why, like, I, I try, you know, I try and save the, like the real high impact stuff for like when when uh, Gerald at Corey Gaming calls me up. He's like, "Yo, we want to do another <laughs> video." I'm like, "All right, okay, we'll get you the good shit, Gerald." Yeah, <laughs> people are actually going to see this one. I got to make sure it's 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 worth it, you know? Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at, at a very basic level, I'm like, fighting games have been the most profoundly transformative thing that I've done with my life. It is probably the thing that I will continue to spend my life on, right? And not everyone's going to be like that, but there's someone out there, a couple people out there who would be like that, but have, have churned out because they had a bad time on, on fucking Street Fighter mm -hmm. Netplay or whatever, sure. right? And sure. like those people 
should have the chance to have this experience, right? Everyone should have the chance to have a good experience here and then see if it's something that they wanna do. But you don't do that by sanitizing the experience. You don't do it by hiding all the miserable parts, right? You say, hey, this is why the miserable, part, the miserable parts are actually valuable. This sure. is why if you take away the miserable parts, right? Uh, you end up with an experience that's ultimately worse for you overall, that it doesn't push you to grow and overcome things. It doesn't give you the same sense of accomplishment, right? Um, so yeah, it's, I, think of, I think of it as game development work, right? Fighting games are notorious for having kind of eh tutorials, right? Yeah. But yo, you go to medium.com yeah. slash at Pat the Flip, we got a good one for you. Sick. Hey, um, speaking of uh, game dev, uh, hey, what are, you, what are you working on these days? How's uh... that's the, all the time I got for you today. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, pl- plug yourself. Yeah. yeah. What's your What's your Patreon link so we can throw it in the chat in the video? The all right. Video. It is patreoncom flip You can find me on twitchtv flip You can find me there in about thirty minutes because our weekly netplay Rev Two tournament Rev Tuesday starts at seven thirty every Tuesday. We play Rev Two. That's why it's called Rev Tuesday. Uh, I could plug some other shit, but you know what? I think that's good. Um, obviously, <laughs> much love to y'all for the work that you keep doing, and I hope to see y'all in the pit or whatever the old people's version of the pit is at the next Evo. Right? I'll be in there. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's it's it's, it's healthily in the back, and we can all drink our sparkling waters and go to bed at a reasonable hour. One hundred percent. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. At some point, I'm not going to be right. able to sit on the floor anyway. I'm going to have to have a chair yeah. regardless. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm 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 trying to refurbish my moss stick just so I can flex Ooh. those sitting on the store uh, sitting on the floor muscles once again. All right. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm still playing on the floor in tournament, man. I, I know the feels. You got to do it. Bless yeah. you. you. You are a Marvel player to the core. Keeping so it alive. I respect you for it. And then uh, James always asks, and I think he would want us to ask here, yeah. how did you get your gamer tag? <laughs> so, so this is an interesting one. Actually, I don't think I've ever told this story anywhere else, but I used to, be, I used to go by Pat the Great. And that was the handle that I entered tournaments with. Oh, there are some OGs in the fighting game community who will still know me as Pat the Great. Um, but... Uh, I, I, I used that handle for a while, and then I was signing up for a Gmail account, like back when Gmail was still inv- invite only, it was hard to get into. I was signing up for yep. a Gmail account around the same time that I was applying for an internship at an Asian American film festival in San Francisco. And my name is Patrick Miller. My middle name is Gabriel Herrera. I'm half Filipino. But most people, if you just see Patrick Miller, you're not going to be like, oh, this dude's Filipino and he wants to work at <laughs> right. Asian American Film Festival to help support the community. You're going to think, who the fuck is this dude? And why? Is, like, you know, so I, it, was, it was an attempt to basically forestall some like premature racial profile. Oh, wow. and, and, and it <laughs> was right. around. And look, like I, I had to explain to some of the younger generation, like back in the day, if you were Asian, you were expected to put that as AZN in your handle somewhere. Right. Or when when you have Anton, you, you Y'all know him as Filipino man or F champ, formerly Filipino champ, right? Like there are not, I think there are Filipinos all over the world. We we get hired to do some wild shit all over the world. Very exportable labor. It's it's the Philippines' number one export, right? Um, But unless you know what to look for, you probably wouldn't realize that many of the people you're talking to are Filipino, right? If you thought, and, and, and allow me to get on my soapbox real quick, like, uh, if you thought about, hey, what countries has the United States had the strongest colonial like influence over in their history? The Philippines is definitely up there. Like English was taught as 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 as, as the the national language, right? But unless you're Filipino or you you fought in a war there, you have some kind of connection to the country. If you're American, you probably don't know any of that. So it I felt I felt responsible, right? Like. Uh, 
But people, when people see me, if they know that I'm Filipino or, or if they know what to look for, they might recognize it. But plenty of people just see me and think, oh, it's another white dude. Doesn't, doesn't seem to be visibly East Asian. So I don't know, it's probably something like if I'm traveling, I'll often get, oh, are you? And then it's half of whatever is in the country that I'm in, right? People thought I'm Brazilian. People thought I'm Mexican. <laughs> like People ask me to order at restaurants in all kinds of languages I never spoke. Um, but so I felt, I was like, all right, you know what? As someone, as, as, a, as a mixed race individual who can pass, it is incumbent upon me to uh, make sure that people know what they're looking at, right? Now, realistically, most people don't know that Flip is a... Uh, we'll say it, it, it's kind of varying. It's like it is derogatory history. I've never heard anyone use it derogatorily. I think the, it originated in like the initial occupation and colonization of, uh, by the U.S. of the Philippines. Uh, but these days, you pretty much only hear it if it's like Filipinos, uh, like because we we got like a, a T-shirt brand coming up that your, your cousin's trying to make, or like a, a a racing team, something like that. So it ends up being more of like a, if you know, you know, and if you not, if you don't, then you probably just think I'm like super athletic or something. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man! What a what a yeah. good good origin story. That's like a very well. <laughs> Well, I mean, so, some of the people who come on here, they're just like, I don't know, I put a random assortment of numbers and letters together, but... Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, you, that get, was... you get Peppery Splash, right? I think he got his from Xbox Live, right? Just imagine being yeah, named the, the random name Xbox generator. Live, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. All right, hey, man, so, I, I really... Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I was about to see myself off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, I really appreciate having the slot. Always have to come through and shoot the shit whenever y'all want to talk. Um, good luck with the rest of the show, and uh, I need I need you two. I need everyone in the audience to do something quick, something for me. Okay. okay. I need y'all to love your life, be good to one another, and play some motherfucking Guilty Gear, y'all. Patrick out. <laughs> Later, homie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, thanks lots, Pat, for coming on. That was awesome. I always mm. like talking with that guy. Uh, yeah, it was fun. As uh, as the FGC and as the world comes back at some point i'm definitely looking forward to hanging out with him again yep we will be reunited reunited soon one of you i should ask if he's coming to combo breaker i already know who you are but i am i don't know if that is coming he should come too i mean everyone should go <laughs> duh you should probably go you should yeah. go to combo breaker yeah hey, duh did you know yeah uh all right well up next is five five matchup and guess what we tend to answer two questions from people and it turns out that we got two questions. So uh, what we're going to... Did we really, or could you just not figure out how to get the poll to work? Uh, thankfully, we only got two, because I also <laughs> couldn't figure out how to get the poll to work. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, well, it's, what's the first one, then? All right, cool. Uh, let me turn it on here. Uh, Whoa. Whoa! It ends Whoa. up being a little longer. Okay, well, here's the here's the text i'll just read it out i guess so some people can't play king of fighters 15 ralph well despite how ridiculously good he is others are the same with third strike chun apart from high execution characters have there been any top tier characters you've struggled you've tried and struggled with and if so why uh yes absolutely i forever still to this day would love to be a magneto player in Marvel 3. Mm. However, I'm white, so I can't play him. <laughs> That's just the rule. I, I just, dude, I can't, I can't do, I can't do like basic Magneto BMBs. I can do some pretty tough shit. Like my execution is not the best, but it's not the worst. 
I can't do Magneto stuff, man. I, I just can't. I can't do it. I can do some hard Doom stuff. I can do all the Nova stuff for the most part. I just uh, Magneto just escapes me. I wish I wish that I could play Magneto, but I I can't. Okay, well, other yeah. than for executional reasons, have there been characters that you've tried and you just like couldn't gel with for whatever other reason? Oh yeah, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty much a, a tier whore, I guess. I don't. I don't like seek out top tier characters. I generally just end up liking the top tier stuff because top tier stuff is fun and you get to get away with a lot more. Generally speaking, yeah. right? Uh, but yeah, there's absolutely been top tier characters that I. I'm just like, no, I don't want to play like that, or I don't want to play like I would never play Morgan. I could certainly play Morgan if I really, really practiced. I could play Morgan. That's hard execution I too. I don't want. Yeah, but I, I could play her. She's not. Don't let Morgan players fool you. She's not hard execution. Whatever. She's not. She's like. She's like the second tier of execution okay. in that game. Well, maybe in that game, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. I, but I don't want to play like that. That doesn't interest me at all. Not any. Not any of the of the good Morgan teams. Not Ryan LV style. Not Chris G style. None of it. I don't want to play her. I, I hate it. I, I I hate her as a character. Don't want to play it. Yeah, there's absolutely like certain certain top tiers that I just like don't want to mess with. Android 16 and Dragon Ball Fighters, I refuse to play 16. Like I think 16 is just a dumb character in general. I think he looks stupid. I don't like his design. I think people overrate his importance in the anime and the manga. Uh, so I just don't like the character. And I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Even though he was very clearly the best in pre-patch Dragon Ball Fighters. Like it was hands down, he's the best. Got hard knocked down without using any meter, the best. But I just no, I'm not. I wasn't going to do it. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that happens. What What about you? Well, um, I haven't tried too many top tier characters. I'll be honest. That's not. That's not really that's on, fair. I guess. Yeah. That's not really on purpose. At least at, at some point, it was no longer on purpose. When I was like younger and earlier in my FGC career. Um, I did sometimes seek out characters because they weren't strong, but that hasn't been the case for me for like a decade or more now. So it's, it's not it's not that I'm specifically avoiding them. It's that I want to play weird characters. I like weird archetypes. I wanna I want to have funky, dedicated gameplay. I want to like have to get in as a grappler, or like have to keep out as a zoner, or like have some weird sub mechanic. I have to like level up, or I like weird stuff. And it's just rarely the case that games let their weirdos be top tier. Sometimes. It's not never. But, like, it's right. it's not very common. That's also not to say that they're always bad. Sometimes, oftentimes, they're just, like, in the middle of the road kind of characters. But, sure. um, but yeah. So, as a result, I haven't played too many top tiers. But when I have tried, I have totally been able to do it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, and, and that's, So, then why don't you? Don't you want to win? Uh, if I if I were trying to win Evo, I would for sure. It's not. It hasn't been my goal for a long time. Okay, but, but what if you're trying to get out of pools because that's where you are as a player, and that's a goal that you have. So why are you holding yourself back, not picking Cetrion? You dumb dumb. I think I Pick can do it with Robocop. Character. That's why. <laughs> See, that's bullshit though. You know it's bullshit. I mean, it's not bullshit. Robocop's you can do good. It, but it, no, it's. I was saying it's not bullshit that you couldn't do it, or that Robocop's good or bad. He's clearly not as good as Cetrion. True. You like zoning. Yeah. Put two and two together. Don't you want to win, David? 
That's what I mean. It's not that simple. That's what I'm trying to point out. It's, it's not so easy as uh, it's a top tier and they're doing the, – it's it's a very – like when characters are made, they're, I, I, I feel like very specific things are what people like about them, whether they're top tier or not. I think that's what you're saying right now is RoboCop's good enough and he does the things that I think are really fun. So I'm going to do that. Whereas Satrion is better at zoning, which is basically what RoboCop does, but she doesn't zone in a way that's fun for you, which is I play Deadpool, Deadpool zones, but I don't want to play Morgan. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, I think that is true. I also think it's true. I mean, although I do honestly think that RoboCop's really good, I also think he gets totally smoked in like three or four matches that I absolutely do need counterpicks for, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to limit myself in a way that yeah, it's but just isn't, not going to be successful. Isn't your other character Baraka, who's I'm, not that great? He's now? also not great. No, I'm I'm honestly trying to out other characters to to actually solve Name that problem. Name Cetrion. Still, uh, probably not. Probably not. But. <sighs> just pick a top tier, man. God, well, in, I want to see succeed, dude. In part because the characters that blow up RoboCop blow up zoning, just as a general idea. So right, going well, to another zoner is probably not the right choice. What happened to Garrus? Is he still good? Uh, he's good, but he's not top tier. So yeah, I mean, oh, I would say I would say top tiers for me, the ones that I have actually played. I did play Third Strike Chun for a while. Uh, she was very effective and like immediately strong. And I played uh, SF4 launch Zangief, obviously a strong character, uh, and I had a lot of success with that character. And I don't know. I'm sure there's something else that I can't think of immediately offhand. Uh, but I, yeah, when I when I have tried to play top tiers, it hasn't been like I don't gel with them. That said, like I'm I'm picking top tiers specifically that I think I would gel with. Like I didn't, I wasn't playing Third Strike Yun. I don't think that I would enjoy slash be good at that character. I was thinking about if I played Third Strike, what character I would play. Like when I was on the toilet the other day, <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like, man, what if I started playing Third Strike? Who would I even play? And I think one of the main reasons I, I don't like that game is because I don't want to play... Oh, like, I like Ken, but I don't like Ken in Third Strike. Mm, I and I don't say, like any of the top tiers. I, think I, like, like I guess maybe, maybe Dudley or Makoto would be, like, the closest thing to top tier that I would like. I can see you game. playing Dudley, not Makoto. But Dudley does make sense to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's true that there are top tiers that just not everybody will gel with. I think that's kind of what the question, question is getting at. Um, Ralph is a character that in KOF is really strong right now, for sure. And and yet, like, I can understand that people wouldn't be strong at playing that particular character. But I think this is more of, like, an archetypal question. And if you are good at, like, a footsie's character, then you're probably just going to be good at footsie's characters in general. And many top sure. tier characters are that archetype. Um, but if you would rather play something else, some extreme rushdown character, talking about the Yun, for example... Um, then you could probably play another character that's a top tier rushdown character. Games are always they always have almost always have more than one top tier character, right? There's always like a few that you could choose from, and I think it's usually the case that like if you have an archetypal preference that you could find a top tier character uh, that you can play with. So it's definitely yeah, it's true that some people don't do well with slash struggle with some top tiers, but I think there is a top tier for almost everybody if that's what you want to do. All right. All right. What's the next one? What's the next one? Uh, let me. See. Well, whatever. Here we go. Let's just <laughs> press save. See how it happens. 
Sick, it worked! Do you all think a fight game will ever be the grand unifier that brings together all the different <laughs> scenes to play one game? If yes, what kind of dope y'all on? Listen, Sanchez, I already told you. <laughs> I already told you earlier. I'm switching up my strain. It's going to be G13. And uh, absolutely, I think this has already happened, man. I think it's happened many times over, to be honest. Uh, I think Dragon Ball Fighters brought together many scenes all at once. I think Strive is currently bringing together many scenes all at once. I think KOF, every time a new KOF game, brings out all the scenes at once. Matter of fact, weirdly enough, I feel like Street Fighter gets the least amount of other players coming over to play Street Fighter when there's a new Street Fighter game. I think Street Fighter players are very loyal to playing Street Fighter. And like maybe those guys will try out some, some Street Fighter 6 just because it's new, and then they the Street Fighter players keep playing it. But like Guilty Gear Strive and Dragon Ball Fighters. Both games, I, I think, have players from Marvel, from Street Fighter, from NRS. Tons of NRS players are killing it at Strive. Uh, definitely Street Fighter players. And every scene is playing these games. Smash players have picked up Strive. Like, I, I, I think these games already exist. Do I think that everyone is ever going to play just one fighting game? Hell no. Like, that's that's not going to happen. But as far as, like tons of different sub-scenes of the community coming together to play one game. I mean, Guilty Gear Strive doesn't have almost 800 people signed up at Combo Breaker two months in advance by just being Guilty Gear players. There's definitely players from every other scene playing that game right now. So, yeah, I think it's already happened, Sanchez. What train are you smoking? Dang. Well, as far as Street Fighter goes, I think historically Street Fighter has had the most crossover. I think to Street Fighter 4 and how it's not just the case that tons of people got into the FGC on Street Fighter 4, but also that, like, everybody who was in the FGC before that played the game. There were a lot of people who didn't like the game, but also a lot of people who kept playing, even though they were, like, not super happy yeah. about it. Uh, the most recent Street Fighter, Street Fighter Five, did have a lot of people at the start who were trying that game out. I remember a lot of people from yeah, other scenes who were trying yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And but I feel like that it turned into just Street no, it, Fighter players now. Totally, totally. That game was not a great launch, as we have often talked about. <laughs> so if if instead SF5 had come out, like, if SF5 had come out as current SF5, for sure, it would have been... It would be a whole different story, It would, man. honestly. So I think this is more a question of, like, the most recent Street Fighter didn't have a great launch, and so it didn't get as picked up as it otherwise would have. But I think other than that, like, Street Fighter's got a great history of, of doing this. Um, yeah, I think that Strive is a very good example. I think current KOF 15, everybody I know is playing that, or at least was playing that game. At yeah. least tried it out and was like... K KOF is a very, like, not this. only inter-scene game, but it's, like, super international. Yeah, for sure. Everybody around the world plays KOF in some format, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm playing it, uh, and, yeah, I think literally everybody I know slash play games with is at least has at least tried it out and didn't hate it or really likes it you know most of them like it so i think right now there are a couple of games that can fit this kind of build but the thing is that that never is going to last none of those games no no game is ever going to have everybody playing it or obviously not everybody not not going to have this like continued giant yeah crossover. There, there's never going to be it's a game that 90 percent of the fgc is all playing that's not realistic well, but even if there is at the game's launch a year into the game it won't say that way yeah it's not gonna say that yeah absolutely people have their own preferences for what they like nobody has there's there's 
we all like sort of similar stuff, obviously, but we all also have our own unique preferences and each game has its own, you know, uniquenesses. And so we're all going to gravitate towards one or the other. There's just not going to be a game that's going to satisfy everybody in a way that everybody will keep playing it for a really long period of time. I don't think that that's going to happen. But yeah, these these games that come out that have periods of lots of people playing them strive. I mean, you mentioned uh, by the time Combo Breaker comes out, that game will be almost a year old, and still, it's got a huge, yeah, well, a huge scene, a ton of people. Playing. Yeah, that that game is. You want to talk about healthy competitive yeah. scenes? Strive is healthy right now. So that Tip game top shape. is a good example of maybe about as long as that's going to last. It it will probably be the case that people will still pe- keep playing the game. I don't mean like nobody's going to keep playing it, right? That's not what I mean to say. Instead, people are going to gravitate again to the games that they care about more uniquely. You know, that's that's how it's going to go. Um, so, no, I don't think that there's going to be one game that is the grand unifier in any long-term way. People in the chat are mentioning Project L. I don't think that's going to be the case for that game either. We're all going to try that game out. Maybe it's good. Hopefully it's good. And some of us will stick with it. Maybe a lot of us even stick with it. But even for that game, it's going to be the case that people will go back to whatever game that they came from or find a new game that they care about more. It, that game might bring people into the FGC in the first place. So, like Street Fighter Four. People might come into the scene. Dragon Ball Fighters, I think, has done a lot of this as well. Just bring yeah, people nice. into the scene in the first place, for sure. But uh, as far as like people going from other established sub scenes into Project L, yeah, there's the, within a year, there's not going to be everybody playing it anymore. It's just very hard to imagine that happening. I agree. Okay, all right. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Sanchez. Mailbag. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the mailbag, uh, which we got. Uh, let me start I would, actually with this one. <laughs> and come on, work. Yes. You did it. Subatar via Discord says, what is the most important item you've forgotten to bring to a major event? Uh, well, it's more like I remembered to bring it, and then I forgot it on the airplane. Okay, which was my 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 portable battery. Okay, I I showed up. I went to CEO Taku, I think, and uh, yeah, I had my you know I was charging my phone on my portable battery, and then the plane's about to land. I unplugged my phone, started gathering all my stuff, left it in the pocket in front of me forever gone bummer rip another thing i left at a tournament was coming home james chen had brought me a bunch of stuff from japan last time he had went and i didn't see him for like a year and he finally like remembered to bring my stuff and it was a bunch of like stickers like team spooky stickers and stuff from evo japan and magazines like just shit i couldn't get in america right and i left that all in my hotel room so oh man that's about it but as far as like completely like forgetting to bring an arcade stick or something i've never done that Mm. well it may be shocking and a huge surprise to you to learn that i have forgot basically everything (laughs) over the years you forget deodorant at frosty's (laughs) that's true (laughs) i sure did i've also forgotten just absolutely the basics uh any toiletries at all or pants i didn't bring pants one time that was cool one time i was gonna commentate street fighter uh, at an event and i f- forgot to bring anything other than a k uh, ki hoodie 
and a Mortal Kombat shirt. So that was great. What did you pack? I just didn't pack. I don't know. I screwed up. What do you want from me? Uh, and I've forgotten. Stick. Did you buy clothes there? I actually just wore somebody else's sweater. They just gave me somebody wow. else's sweater. Yeah. Wow. All right. Good I think that you. was that final round one year. Yeah. If you, if you ever saw me commentating Street Fighter at final round and I had like a bizarrely oversized Street Fighter hoodie on, <laughs> that's the reason for that. Uh, and then I also forgot, oh, stick for sure. Tablet slash laptop, absolutely. Here's here's the here's the real thing. I'm sure I've forgotten many of the things that I've forgotten. Yeah, that's that's I'm that's sh- what that's I was assuming too. Probably just can't recall. <laughs> so an absolute ton of stuff. Uh, so as a result, okay. I have it. I I basically this is my life philosophy in general. Now I'm trying to foolproof my life because i know that i'm gonna forget slash screw up all the time so make it as like easy and obvious for me in general and the last time i went on a trip uh actually to to frosty's i did forget deodorant bam but there were several things that while i was on the plane and while i was in the hotel room and at the event i thought to myself man i wish that i had thought to bring this or that and then i look in the bag and guess what it's there because past past david was like look future david you moron you're gonna forget this for sure you'll never get it you'll never think about this again until you need it so right now in the moment past david i'm gonna i'm gonna make the choice to put it in your to go bag and so i i actually have in my uh luggage i always keep all of the uh toiletries that i need i didn't actually forget the um the deodorant what i did is i brought a deodorant that had expired and i didn't realize like i just didn't have any more in it there was no none left oh. um, so, so deodorant expired <laughs> no like there just wasn't any left so yeah, I, I, you know that wasn't that wasn't it but in general dude my my to-go computer bag it's already all full of stuff all i have to do is stick in my literal tablet and other than that like i don't even have to think about it because i know that i'm not going to think about it i can't trust myself so hey shout outs to future david you moron you forgot some something else huh idiot Come on, future dude. Get it together. Uh, I just figured Kentley did it for you, to be honest. (laughs) Knowing that you would forget everything, she's like, I'll just do it. Very plausible as well. All right. And then uh, we forgot to have the conversation about which ones we're going to do. So whatever. We'll do do three. It's fine. We got a little shorter show today. So let's now do Investigation Cone via Twitter. What non-fighting game? makes the best use of skills that are learned in fighting games. I I I literally can't answer this investigation cone. What? Because I'm going to make a tub opinion video on this. Oh. Exact subject boy. basically. Oh, you don't want to so give a little I spoiler, huh? Nope, I can't I can't go into it. What? Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to make a video on okay, it. Okay, well, let you me can, You can watch the video. I'm sure he does anyway. Sure, sure. All right. Well, let me spoil it. I I think that uh, fighting games work well in many other genres. I don't know if I could say what the best is because I haven't played everything. But everything that I have played, many things that I have played, I think that my fighting game skills work really well in them. It's like very commonly the case that like I'll try a new game and be like, oh, this is footsies. Or like, oh, I get how to mix and match this. Or the inputs here may be difficult for somebody who's not used to doing like the inputs that I'm used to doing. But, you know, I have been doing whatever weird inputs for so long. It's fine. Uh, So I feel that I'm 
well prepared to travel into other genres. We talked a little bit a couple weeks ago when we had KP on here about how I think that there's a lot of crossover between RTS and fighting games in terms of strategy. I think I think that's a big one that stands out to me. Uh, I'm playing Elden Ring right now, you know, fighting against bosses and stuff, or even just difficult enemies. There's like obviously a lot of the same ideas that apply. Because the thing is that the things that work in fighting games are are in some cases I guess fighting game ex- exclusive, but in many cases just like general strategy about how to play in a game that is taking space uh, taking place in a space and uh, and many games do that most games do that right so i i feel i feel like there's a lot of crossover um and my fighting game skills right now are definitely coming into play in strive as i'm just like tanking through stuff you know i'm just blocking all the time i'm punishing all the time i'm rolling as little as possible just like you do right you're not supposed to roll all the time in games like kof and injustice 2 and stuff games that have rolls no man you gotta just you know slow and steady right slow and steady just walk a little bit you don't have to jump all the time you know you know what i mean I've watched you play. I blocked a lot, right? Yeah, you block a lot. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, anything else to say about this one, or are you committed to your not spoiling? I nope. I, I I guess I see. Said it doesn't have to be a video game. Uh, and I, I think if you want to talk about like deep level fighting game stuff that. I basically, well, I don't say I learned to apply because of fighting games, but fighting games gave me a term for it, and that's option select. Mm, okay. Definitely every day of my life, I throw out option selects that I already know what I'm going to do or what the result will be after I say what I'm going to say or what I'm doing, what I'm going to do. In my work life, in my personal life, I think everybody does it. That's uh, <laughs> just after fighting games, I had a word for it. So. Yeah, I would say option selects are are applicable to real life situations. Like you say something, and I guess I don't even know where to really proceed from there. Like, how how do you mean? I, I could say something like, "Hey, David, have you heard of this thing before?" And no matter how you respond, I know what I'm going to say next. I I know what 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 option is going to come out of my mouth after you say what you said. For example, I might be like, hey, man, have you heard of Star Trek 9? And you're like, yeah, I've heard of Star Trek 9. And I'm like, yeah, Star Trek 9 sucks, right? Like, that's going to be my automatic response. Or if you've never seen it, I'll be like, hey, well, you shouldn't see it because it sucks. Like, that's just, like, the simplest (laughs) example I can give you. Ah, Star Trek 9. Yeah. Yeah, whatever, man. It's a made-up shit. But, yeah, that's that's a real-life OS. No matter what, I already know what's coming next. Yeah, I do. I do actually agree with Tiny Text that that sounds more like set play. Maybe it is set play then. Well, usually set play involves an option select to make sure that no matter what happens, you get the outcome that you want. Eh, I mean, you're like forcing the opponent into a situation and they have to deal with something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you can call it an option select, way. man. It's fine. Either I'm way, gonna, whatever. I'm not gonna yeah. bust you over that. All right, That's, and then yeah. are you good? That's, Anything else to say about, about this one? Nope, no, I'm going to save it for a video. You got it. And then let me go to the last one here. Whoop. Stephanie brought it back via Twitter. A witch appears before you and declares that she is going to magically replace the president's on Mount Rushmore with something more wholesome and adorable. A tribute to the letter K, cats. She wants your hot takes. Who should be on the Mount Rushmore of fictional felines? Fictional yeah. yeah, to avoid you saying your own cat. I absolutely would have said 
my own cat? Well, uh, I feel like Garfield, as much as I don't like him, has to be on there. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, he's... he's Dude, he's the cat. He's the cat that everyone knows. Garfield is... If you think, if you look up Orange Cat, Garfield's picture comes up. It's, he's, he's the most famous cat, in, on, at least in America. I can't say on the planet. Yeah. At least in America. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, my second one would be Felix. He has a magic bag. He pulls out stuff. Felix had some of the dopest video games on NES. So we're talking about I really love Felix. A thousand years old stuff now. Yeah, dude. How many like new animated cats are there? They're all a thousand years old, bro. I think I think there's a new Pixar movie out right now that has a cat. Puss in, in Boots. Puss in Boots doesn't belong. Uh, Tom from Tom and Jerry, very obviously. Tom. Yep. Tom's a good one. Very sure. obviously is there. Yep. And then the fourth one. I guess Heathcliff. I guess. Heathcliff. I guess. I don't want. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Are we? Are we talking about like? Can I put like Simba on there? Can I put like Fossa on there? Yes, you can. Like, what I are was we? Just, what are was, we going? You're stealing my idea, but yeah, you can definitely do that. All right. Well then. I then yeah, I would, I would. I would probably have to put a uh, put Simba on there, right? Like Simba's very recognizable. What about nah, Sylvester? Sylvester's spitting everywhere. I'm not putting Sylvester um, on my. He'd have to have like a permanent fountain coming out of his Mount Rushmore mouth. Oh, turning red is a red panda. I guess that makes sense. I turning didn't look red into is a red panda. And yeah. it looked to me like a cat, but I guess that does make that sense. That is not a cat. That's that's a red panda. That makes sense. Um. All right. Yeah. I I'm not on board with Sylvester. I guess I agree with Garfield. Like I'm not. I'm also not a Garfield fan. I actually don't know anybody who's like a huge Garfield fan, but he's just so somehow extremely Jim popular. Jim Davis sucks. He's That's just so why. extremely popular, and I don't. Yeah. I don't even really get it, but he is, and I think that you know, if you're, if you're going to stick with the idea of a Mount Rushmore, those four dudes up there are not everybody's favorite presidents. I can tell you that much. There's a lot of FDR people out there who are anti. Not, what is what Calvin and Teddy? Hobbs, not everybody is, likes Teddy. That's for sure. I don't like Teddy in a lot of ways. Cal- Calvin. Does that count Calvin. as a cat? Does that Cal- count as a cat? A ca- if Simba's a cat, Calvin's a cat. Absolutely. Then I'm then I'm taking Simba off. Calvin's up there for sure. You got a very Get comics heavy cat list. Yeah. Heath. Well, did you end up going with Heathcliff? Nobody knows what Heathcliff is. No, I I, I said Heathcliff may have been fourth, right? Say like Garfield, Felix, uh, Tom from Tom and Jerry, yeah, and Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes for sure. That's actually a good that's, list. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's good hard, list. That's hard. That's hard to disagree with list. too much. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely. You got, yeah, you got to have Garfield up there. You got to have Tom up there. Uh, Simba, just it's hard not to pick Simba. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, you can have him, but what about um, what about? trying to think of like old literature and stuff what about the cat in the hat no 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 oh the cat in the hat was a big jerk but so famous yeah but he's a big jerk that's supposed to be the greatest cats not the asshole cat that wanted to rhyme and hit you with a bat Well, they should have picked some better presidents then. If not, if they didn't want to pick the asshole. I mean, dude, I don't don't disagree with you. (laughs) 
that's why this is my Mount Rushmore. You know, 16 bit America's Mount I, Rushmore. I actually thought about mentioning Scratchy, uh, but Felix was on my list, James. Yeah, he actually did mention Felix. I thought about mentioning Scratchy, but I just felt like that was not was it wasn't going to happen. Like he's not that famous. He's a, in a show within also a show. Also, doesn't have much personality. You don't really know that much about Scratchy. Yeah, yeah he just screams a lot. He gets the Cheshire killed. Cat. That's a that's a good. That's like that's I feel like it's a good honorable mention. Cheshire, Cheshire Cat Cat's goes a hard. Good one. Sure, he yeah. goes hard. Also a jerk, but he goes hard. I respect his hustle. His hustle, dude. Yeah, like Cheshire Cat is smoking on that loud, for sure. You think people in Alice in Wonderland are doing drugs? Yes. What? Yes. What? Yes. The Mad Hatter is literally mad from the mercury in the hat. He sure is. The game, the, that's the game. They're literally, they're a high as fucking Alice in Wonderland. Absolutely everybody, everybody in that story they is high. LSD, yes. Everybody's high. Bonkered. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're all high. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, Cheshire Cat goes hard, dude. It's hard for me not to put Cheshire Cat on mine now that I'm thinking about it. What about Stimpy? Actually, great pick. Great Stimpy's choice. Simpy's pretty strong. I like it. I like always Stimpy. positive, no matter how mean Ren is to him. Loves his litter box. Yeah, Stimpy is a strong pick. Occasionally a genius, mostly an idiot. Yeah. I really like that aspect of Stimpy. That sometimes he's just like like he invented a a uh, machine to make Ren happy all the time. Like just like bizarre. Like, all of a sudden, he's a genius stuff. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, yeah, I think that's a good show. All right, so I guess I, after after all of these, I got I got to stick with Garfield, even though I'm not personally a big fan, but he's just too famous. He's just too famous, yeah. And then I'm gonna go with Stimpy. I'm gonna go with the Cheshire Cat, and I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I'm gonna stick with Simba. So I mean, I, I they're all these are all good. All cats are good. All right, let's just. Just put that out there. All cats are—they're the best. Cats are the best. So good old Lewis Carroll. Can't man. even be mad. Can't even be mad about your your picks. Also, your picks sound like the alternate team for me. So that would be like my bench. My bench four. <laughs> Simba, sorry, you're on the bench, homie. You're you're the king of the jungle, but you're not the king of this team. Good old Lewis Carroll. You know, a real creep, actually. Lewis Carroll. Yeah. The guy that wrote Alice in Wonderland's a creep. Who would have thought? No way. Uh, but yeah, fantastic writer. No doubt about it. What a genius. Great at coming up with nonsense words in ways that you hear them and you're like, oh, that's a word for sure. But it's not. What a genius. Uh, all right. Anything else to say about today? Are you going to go play Elden Ring right now? Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to smoke a lot of weed probably right now and then figure it out. I'm going to actually probably, yeah, I'll probably play Elden Ring. Are you going to play Elden Ring? Actually, no, nah, I'm not, but I am oh. going to play it on my lunch break tomorrow. I'm doing my best to limit my time. I'm trying not to crack out. I did play a bunch of it over the weekend, but on work days, I'm trying to be reasonable about it. I'm trying, I'm trying to do like one and a half hours, something like that. Just It's going to take me the rest of the year to finish the game, whatever, but that I mean, is my intention. It's going to take me forever as well. Yeah, uh, the creator yeah. of Ren and Stimpy also not a great guy. That's yeah, true. I believe that too, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Treat Elden Ring like a nice long book. What if, what if you read an extremely long book and there just wasn't any story in it? <laughs> Elden Ring. We talked about that in our group chat earlier. What, what, what is more story, David? 
What's more what story? What is less story? What is more story and what some, is less story? Some games measure? have more or less story than other games. Come on. That's obvious. Come on. But what is more story? Is it more words? It's not. It's not necessarily is more it words. The quality of what's given to you—that's definitely that part of it. Too. I mean, it is. It is a little bit more words. It is a little bit higher quality. It's a little bit more, more, more concepts. Even if it's not in as many words, but like more, more understanding of things that happened. And maybe Elden Ring will end up having a lot of that. I don't know. I'm only I'm only 35 hours into it. What do I know? You're, you're going to be disappointed no matter what. I think you're like you're going to have to read the wiki and look at YouTube videos to get yeah. a full understanding. That's just how these games are. That's how I, th- because, I because it. there's stuff you're going to miss no matter what, and there's like certain things you can do on a playthrough that you can't do on another playthrough because you have to do certain things. So yeah, it's you're going to have to do some extracurriculars if you want to get that's, the real story. Done. That's totally fine. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. And and I mean, I'm cool with looking stuff up anyway. Like today, I wanted to get a new thing. If you haven't played the game, I'm not going to go into the details of this. But I wanted to get yeah. a new thing. And I was like, well, where do I go to get this thing? I'm not, I'm not going to grind the entire map and try to figure out like what character drops this thing. Not at all. So instead, yeah. I just went to the wiki. And, I was, and they were like, oh, hey, this drops by this guy. All you got to do is kill him and you get the thing. And then I was took me 20 minutes yep. that's 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 how it works that's how it works what builds, what it? builds are we playing uh i am i guess i'm just mostly going strength and endurance because i want to carry real big heavy stuff and hit people with it and david since he's chewing is going heavy defense he wants to block everything and block everything and block it he just wants to be a tank basically i'm maxing my um Endurance. I'm hoping to hold that block button as long as I possibly can. And when I get hit through it, I want to have as much life as I possibly can. So I'm basically only building endurance, strength, and vigor. That's it. There you go. I'm not putting anything into anything else. Anyway, it's fun. Fun game. All right. You good? I think we did it. Well, we nailed it. The best show that we've ever done with absolutely no technical problems. (laughs) Not a one. Not a single. (laughs) I can't give James shit anymore because you too just problems all over. Hey man, I did my absolute. You did great. A yeah, I'm proud bit. of you. I didn't. You did. You did so good. I uh, so I... good. Thanks. I'll assume you're speaking seriously. All right. Well. Yeah. I don't have the ability to do the tweet tweet, so you'll all have to imagine that you're getting birded out. Hey, can bird them. Bird. Can you do the bird song? I can't do the bird song. I, I could rap Wu-Tang again. That's, do it. Right, let's, about it. Let's wrap out of here. Oh, I'm not doing that. Come on. Okay, fine. You got it. Um, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, all right. That's a good show, guys. Thanks for watching. Oh, man. I was hoping to. Nope. Definitely not rapping. I don't have it in me, man. I tried. I tried to bring it out. It didn't happen. All right, bye. Hey, thanks, Poogas, for the sub, man. Mighty Sandwich for the sub. All right. Thanks for the subs. See everybody. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Oh, boy.